A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This up at the meeting, you know, <laughs> in the way of the match. Right on the Hoover, that was yuckety yuck, Mick McManakin. The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. You may all bow before D. Mabel. Here it comes, here it comes the Jackknife. lives the new generation and the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads get ready for day one. We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean in what feels like day 9,451 of 1995. <laughs> I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, and I am joined by the mulligan to my O'Hare, a little bit further away than I'd normally like, Jackins. Jack Jackins, Jackins is with us. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I can still sense your musk, though, so it's keeping <laughs> me warm in this cold, cold room. <laughs> I was sat there for about an hour oh. beforehand. So to explain, uh, if you're not watching this uh, on the Patreon, uh, new government rules came in, the, the never-ending story that is Falcor, I mean COVID, uh, means that once again we're in a situation where we're encouraged to uh, work from home where we can and socially distance. So uh, that is why we're not sat together. Uh, this will probably be the case uh, until... Uh, the the current COVID level drops when that will be. I mean, I'm I'm hoping January. I mean, I'm hoping so. Uh, you will be pleased to know that before we went away, we here at Cultaholic recorded a bank load of wonderful stuff. Where we're all sat in the room together like the good old days, uh, including a, a very fabulous Christmas special, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, we're going to introduce our guest very shortly. But first of all, Jackins, uh, the, the more pressing matter as the world continues to change shape once again is how's Louis? He's he's fine. He's been on really. He's been on his best behaviour recently. Nothing to say. Um, I, I, I did have to have a stern word with him and Poppy last night because we watched Paddington, and uh, as I love Paddington, I just got the two of them there. I was like, right. No arson about from the pair of you right now, or you're on the street. This is Paddington. <laughs> this this is serious. And they were both like, sound, see you later. Not a peep. Oh, they recognised yeah. the, uh, the, the importance of Paddington. I've raised them well. You have done. You've done a great <laughs> job in raising them well. Uh, uh, I'll give you a quick Pablo update. Remember last time we spoke and I said he'd learned to climb the, the fridge oh God, yeah. top of the units. Um, he managed, because a few people messaged after that show went out and said, is he all right? And I said, he's fine. So thankfully he has managed to find a way down that doesn't involve breaking both his front paws. Um, we, we had to test this in a, in a real trial by fire manner where I shook a bag of dreamies on ground level. 
And uh, I thought, well, look, this he's got, I've got to make sure he can get down all right. And I'd rather be here to make sure if something goes wrong to, to catch him or at least call the vet. And lo and behold, he proves that he can easily just navigate his way down, land perfectly on his on the ground. He's fine. He was just, he just, he did make me nervous though, because I realized as I was, I think I mentioned this before, is the first time I went and look up there after I realized he was climbing up there, I realized there's a big hole at the back Ooh. of the unit. <laughs> like, and, and I think it's a Pablo sized hole. And I genuinely think like if he, he's quite a nimble boy for an older boy. But one misstep and he'd end up down the back of the unit. And I thought, oh, what, how bad could this be? Well, I realized after some investigation that if I don't cover this hole up, if he falls down, I'll have to smash the back of the fridge to get him out. Because oh. <laughs> the way that the unit's been put into the wall. So I was like, okay, we're going to make sure this is covered over. So I've got this lovely piece of wood that fits neatly over the hole, which Pablo has decided is nice for him to lie on. On the top, so I'm I, I forever have the anxiety right here that if that piece of wood falls through, we're going to have a terrible day on our hands. But he's he's headstrong, he's smart, he'll be all right. He's a fucking if, idiot. If it was Louis, <laughs> Jesus Christ, he'd probably be eating free on out of the back of the refrigerator. So. <laughs> you just come out here. Hey! I'm like, oh, what, mm. what now? Oh. I live here now. Hello, Dad. This is my life. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Louis. Yeah, you're he nine. comes out dressed like he's been in Mad Max. <laughs> Where'd you get the tiny leather jacket? Yeah, <laughs> Kill, killed a man for it. <laughs> but hey, look, cat news aside, this is a special episode of the Classic Raw Review. It's a socially distant special. It is the last Classic Raw Review of 2021, and we are in the company of one of our wonderful Patreons today, who has got up stupidly early with us in New York. To do this with us, it is, of course, the gorgeous Michael Staley. Mikey! Hello, everyone. Did I pronounce uh, it right? Is it Staley or Staley? Uh, Staley. Staley. Staley, yes. Got it right. Got it right. Now, long-suffering classic Raw review uh, aficionados uh, in the time that we call uh, AJ or Anno Justin Henrius uh, will be familiar with the work of Mike Staley. And I discovered this about five minutes ago. <laughs> so please tell us why you are already a key part of the, the timeline of the classic Raw Review, Mike. Well, uh, sometime last year, I don't remember specifically when, uh, you guys had made a joke about Sean and Razor having a match and the uh, graphic for it looking like some type of love song um, so the next week, I put together a little parody song called The Wind Beneath My Click. Did you ever know that you're my Chico? Nobody's going over me. I'll book myself strong till my knee blows. You are the wind. There you go. What a boy. Legend. And, and I apologize for not keeping tabs on that. I'm delighted <laughs> that you joined us. I'm excited for the musical goodness that may come from you today in the spirit of Christmas, Mike. Who knows? Although I got to say, I'm probably going to be a little out of the loop on this whole 
Mulligan and O'Hare thing. <laughs> Seth Mulligan and Sean O'Hare didn't even wrestle in the same era. <laughs> Unless it was one of those things where O'Hare was doing his devil's advocate thing and was like, hey, hey, Mulligan, you should get into counterfeiting. I mean, everybody's doing it. And Mulligan's just like, well, that sounds like a good idea, Mr. O'Hare. Hey, you, he, he was telling us stuff that we just already knew. That's the thing I showed out there. <laughs> I'm telling you things you already know. Oh, wonderful. I'm, I'm delighted. Do you know what? Do you know how happy it makes me to hear Mulligan and O'Hare said in a New York accent? <laughs> like, that makes me so happy. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I don't know whether, Mike, you've, you've, and we'll start talking about wrestling in a minute, I promise. Um, but I don't know whether, <laughs> what's the longest these intros have gone? We'll go for the record. Um, I don't know whether you, you, you've dared to, to, to look up some of the, um, what do we call it? Bollocks that Jackins and I have referenced on this show. Unfortunately uh, not. Nine Good. times out of 10, when I'm listening to the show, I'm at work. Right. So by the time I'm done, I've usually forgotten uh, that you made the references and don't think to look them up after. It's, it's probably best that you don't, to be fair. <laughs> What I like is that, Mike, you're very much a, a, a man unto our own hearts where you go, you made references and then I completely forgot them. Because that's how I, I tend to get like that, where people will will say, hey, remember that thing you said in episode 102? I'll go, no. Every, what did I do? Every day when I come into the office, I have to ask Tom what his name is. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even wrong. <laughs> we are going to step back in time to 1995 to the, the, the Monday Night Wars are, are still are just boiling at this point. They're just getting underway. Uh, where were you, Mike, as a wrestling fan in November of 1995? Well, um, and one of the main reasons I picked this show is because I was watching uh, uh, Raw in 95. I was watching a little bit of Nitro, but I hadn't really gotten into that yet um so at this point i was watching week to week uh what was happening on raw so you were you were abreast with what was happening but did you read was it was there really that feeling that there was um there was a war on if you know what i mean for me not so much mostly just because again i didn't really pay a huge amount of attention to wcw yet mm. so yeah for me it was just you know i'd throw on you know, raw or superstars and, and I'd enjoy that. Never even gave a thought to the, to the idea that there was a, a back and forth thing. I mean, I was like 13 at the time, so I wasn't really giving any thought to that. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, like for a lot of us, we're discovering it for the first time. So uh, it's, it's, whilst you are 13, it might, it might drum up some lovely memories. Was there a particular, before we get into like the, the ins and outs of the show, was there a particular moment from this show that, that flashed in your brain? Um, well, I do know the flashback from the previous week of Ahmed slamming Yoko, mm. because I remember as a kid seeing, seeing that, uh, when it happened. And before that, Ahmed was just the, the, with the vignettes, it was just, okay, here's this kind of weird guy that I can't understand. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, being in a bad mood and forgetting to take his medication or whatever, whatever he said in the Warzone game, you know, that you could barely understand. If only there was somebody amongst us that did a brilliant Ahmed Johnson impression that could recreate that moment for you now, Mike. 
That's right. Tiger mask can. Talking about a reef because it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Ahmed came in, though, and slammed Yoko, it's like my 13-year-old soul was just right there. It's like, okay, I am an Ahmed Johnson fan. I don't care how weird his di- his dialogue is. The guy <laughs> Ahmed is my boy. <laughs> and, I mean, this is the first time I'd had a favorite wrestler since the summer of 94. So, so who was that before? Was it Luger? It was Tatanka. Oh, of course. Everyone I was else's. a massive Tatanka fan. And then he broke my heart at SummerSlam 94 when he turned heel. And I hadn't had a, I still enjoyed it, but I hadn't had a favorite until Ahmed slammed Yokozuna. And it's just like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> well, you're on the episode, which features a lot of love for Ahmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get into it uh, in just a moment. Just a little painting of the picture of the scene of the world for, for 1995 and this week for, before Jackins regales us with what is happening in the wrestling world. Uh, the UK box office, Fresh, French Kiss, starring Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein. Number one came out in May in the US. We got it ages later. I don't know whether it was just on a long boat. Uh, <laughs> the US box office, uh, Get Shorty is number one, but the Ace Ventura sequel is out this week. I wonder if that'll knock it off. <laughs> Uh, in the UK charts, uh, here's one for you, Jackins. Robson and Jerome's double side, I believe, slash up on the roof. Geordie Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Robson Green. Oh, right. So I'm, I'm trying to think of a frame of reference for Robson and Jerome. Was, soldier Soldier. No, uh, was, soldier Soldier. It was Soldier Soldier over here, but I was just thinking internationally. One of them was in Game of Thrones, weren't they? Robson Green, I think, was in Game of Thrones. Was it? One of them mm. was, anyway. So, yeah, the, the, these two actors, one of whom had a head like like a thwomp from Mario, uh, and the other who was just a really, like, uh, mad, mad Geordie boy. And they were just doing covers of, like, the Righteous Brothers and the Everly Brothers, and just and they just all went to number one. The British public couldn't get enough of Robson and Jerome in 1995. Weird, weird energy. It was weird very strange, energy. yeah. Uh, thankfully, in your charts, Mike, Mariah Carey Fantasy, still number one, sixth week in a row for Mariah Carey. Are you a Mariah Carey fan, Mike? Um, well, to be honest, right now, I don't think anybody is a Mariah Carey fan. Oh, what's she done? You know, Has no, she been cancelled? It's the this time of year. Of course. <laughs> you know, this time of year, there's a particular Mariah Carey song that everybody is kind of sick of. That's right. Fantasy. <laughs> oh, you listen here. No one will ever be sick of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. They weren't in this year. It was six weeks at number bloody one. Yeah. Banger. Get shot of it. Banger. Not even Robson. Not even Robson Jerome had that kind of power. <laughs> uh, in the gaming world, Twisted Metal came out for the PlayStation One. Mm. Uh, the story of the Twisted Metal competition, a last man standing event involving cars. The winner meets the organizer of the competition, who is a mysterious man named Calypso, which is also an ice cream, who will grant the winner a single wish, regardless of prize, size, or even reality. I didn't know that was the whole point of the Twisted Metal competition. Yeah, I, for some reason, I went off on a, a tangent recent, recently. I think I just put recently in the same sentence twice. Ignore that. Recently. Um, recently. Because I was recently. I was more of a Carmageddon kid. 
But um, I can't remember what spurred it. And I was just reading into Twisted Metal and watching the FMVs from it. And it's really, it's quite creepy in that kind of low budget 1995 way. It's really good. Is it one you remember, Mike? Um, I remember playing a little bit of Twisted Metal, not a huge amount, um, because that wasn't necessarily my type of uh, video game. So I didn't play it a lot. That's fair enough. It's like I said, if you it's that basically this you kind of had twisted metal, you had Carmageddon, you had sort of destruction derby. Yeah. The the, the kind of the, the 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 room, the reading of the room was we all like fucking destroying cars at this point. <laughs> we all just want to play games where we can smash shit up. And yeah, the world hasn't really changed too much from there on in. And of course, of course. Oh, after you. When it comes to destroying cars, I'll just stick to you know the, the little mini games in Street Fighter. No! <laughs> Sorry, that was my uh, that was my that was my E Honda hundred uh, hand slapping. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say though, nineteen ninety five, we've got all these let's smash cars to smithereens games, and as always, WWF for about seven years too late when they release Crush Hour. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I can't wait to talk about Crush Hour in about three hundred years' time. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about that. But unfortunately, we are cursed with talking about Raw 1995. But Jackins is going to paint a picture for you and I, Mike, painting a picture of what the wrestling world looked like in this particular week, November the sixth, nineteen ninety-five. Right. So uh, we, we go back to Uncle Dave Meltzer and the no- Dave. November 13th uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And when I started doing my research, I flicked through it and I thought, oh, it's, it's a quiet newsletter this week because Dave was geared up for the 1995 year-end awards. But then as I got through it, there was actually quite a bit, including the bollocks that we like, which no one else really cares about. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing regarding WWF was there was a lot of paranoia with... Because uh, we've been talking about recently that the house show loop has been changed, the B shows have been cancelled. So basically, um, the way they do it was they'd have Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon on one house show loop, Undertaker and Nash on another. So basically, whoever was underneath, the money would trickle down. Now there's the one house show loop. You've got more main eventers, so the lower people on the cards, they're all scrapping for places. So therefore, the guaranteed money is not going to be coming in as much. Um, so yeah, uh, Vince McMahon had a surprise meeting basically and <laughs> in true Dave Meltzer fashion, but don't have much in the way of details, but apparently it was to combat the poor morale of late. So yeah, as, as we know, 1995, it was pretty dire all over the place. Cause that's what you want when you're feeling sad. It's Vince McMahon just going, don't worry about it, pal. <laughs> don't worry about it, pal. I'm, if you need me this weekend, I'll be on my boat. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel better. Was this yes. boat called the sexy bitch? The sexy bitch. Yeah. The sexy bitch. <laughs> but uh, I mean, morale's going to get lower because apparently Waylon Mercy has quit. Oh, um, he's gone. I liked him. His lives are no longer going to be in Waylon Mercy's hands. Oh, but, uh, yeah, he was going nowhere and justifiably so, says Meltzer. They had high hopes. Ooh, they had high hopes for him with bitch. the gimmick and gave it a big push. But physically, he was through a long time ago. Yeah, I think that's something that um, Justin and I had mentioned when when he we were here. We did this when he debuted and um, he's he's physically knackered at this yeah. point. Like he's he's not the Dan Spivey of old. He But the gimmick is so good. Like his body was years late. The gimmick was years early. Oh, it was such an unfortunate 
combination of things. Um, but he's away now, it seems. Yeah, well, Melter just uses this to segue to, to say uh, a lot of others are also talking about leaving. But in his opinion, with the exception of a guy like Bam Bam Bigelow, most of them have no option to actually make money in wrestling if they were to leave. Um, and then he just goes on about saying how amazing it is that Bam Bam Bigelow's stock has fallen so low after carrying WrestleMania early in the year. He was great in that main event. It was something really special, um, considering what he had to work with. But he just, I think it was a click thing. I think we've talked oh, about yeah. this before that yeah. he, no, the click didn't like him. So therefore, an happening, governor. Yeah. That really sucks. So what he was starting to build him up and then the click and right back down he went. I don't know about you, Mike, but whenever I saw Bam Bam Bigelow and Diesel on the same screen together, it just didn't, didn't, it's a pun pun intended, they didn't really click for me to see them doing their thing. No, they, they did not come off like they were the friends they were trying to be portrayed as. And there really seemed to be a lot of clash uh, there between the two of them. Mm. Well, at the, I think that's always been WWF's problem because it is the land of the giants. If you're not as prominent of a giant, then what have you really got to offer kind of thing? And I'm a big Bam Bam Bigelow fan. I love Bam Bam, but I don't really see where he fits in in 1995 in WWF. I can't say he's got really a home. No. Anywhere in there. But uh, t- talking, to, talking to big fellas without a home, Man Mountain Rock's gone as well. Uh, oh, it's just all bad news this week. I know that he's working. He's been working working uh, CWA in Europe. Um, but there are details of someone who will eventually come to WWF. Uh, because on the Action Zone, they had a match where several members of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were in Bret Hart's corner against Sid. One of the players who looked more like a pro wrestler than a football player was called Glenn Kolker. Um, he distracted Sid so Brett could win. Uh, according to Dave, he looks like a cross between Warlord and Conan, and he'll come in for a handful of dark matches in late 1997. Isn't it interesting how, and I'm looking up Glenn Kolker now, and he is a beast. He is a beast. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's something with WWE, which shows that this, this recent thing they're doing, this name, image, likeness, program they've got going on where they're bringing in NCAA athletes and and, and track athletes and, and and college football players like it's not a new thing for WWF to go we want some guys who haven't got you know who aren't calloused by the indie wrestling scene we want people that we can bring in and build from the ground up so the Kolker is a great example of WWF going oh, he can do the wrestling he looks good <laughs> Very, very big boy. Mm. It's a very, very big boy. Uh, so, yeah, so how, how, what else is happening? Is, is that all the news? No, no, there's, there, 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 there are a couple more bits. Uh, there's more. As Mike will attest, uh, Ahmed Johnson was apparently over huge the past weekend after the body slam angle aired. Work for that. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you, rem- you remember the replay of it, if nothing else. Do you think, Mike, as well? Because I, I started this sort of conspiracy theory on the podcast last week, and it dribbled over into the into the Nitro review that we recorded the other day. Do you think that the Ahmed slam on Yoko was designed to sort of wash the name Lex Luger out of history? Because Luger was the only other guy to do it. And uh, I wonder whether Ahmed coming in and doing that is their way of going, he's the guy, now we're going to show slamming Yoko. Well, I could definitely 
see that. I mean, well, on the other hand, no, Vince would never be so petty as to, <laughs> as to try to do something like that. <laughs> Vince is an honorable, kind-hearted man. He's the yeah, best of people, I, I, damn it. I totally believe uh, that that is very likely. I mean, uh, for me, when I saw it, I thought the only thing I thought of as far as Luger was Oh, and Yoko's bigger than he was when Luger slammed him. So Ahmed doing it means more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I completely believe that Vince would uh, do that. Because I mean, he, he's constantly trying to, oh, we lost this guy. That's okay, pal. We can we can make this up. We'll bring this up. What, Sergeant Slaughter's gone? Corporal Kirshner, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Get on down here. (laughs) Apparently, I heard a rumor that um, was it WrestleMania 17, the gimmick battle royal. Corporal Kirshner was originally meant to be uh, in the match, but they both thought, oh, well, we've already got Slaughter and no one likes Corporal Kirshner, so piss off, kind of thing. I do remember seeing uh, one of those graphics with all the, the pictures of all the wrestlers, and there was one that had Kirshner in there. So I think he was at one point uh, supposed to be in it. But then this is also the guy that WWE once incorrectly announced as having died. Oh, yes, they did. But they said that he died and then he cut it. It's like, uh, 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 I'm not. It's like it's like Monty Python, Holy Grail. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I feel happy. Bring out your days. <laughs> I might go for a walk. <laughs> Yes, one. <laughs> so if if we continue though talking about big stars after talking about you know the Corporal the, Kirshner. The, Corporal Kirshner, the blockbuster himself, the possibly dead Corporal Kirshner. <laughs> we uh we we tiptoed to the not dead yet ECW, and the most talked about thing on this past week was Steve Austin doing Monday Nyquil pretending to be Eric Bischoff in a black wig with the big boys play with each other. <laughs> apparently one thing this bit i didn't know afterwards uh there was an ecw arena show there's mikey whitbrick versus sandman in a title match and i've seen footage of austin getting involved because he'll eventually fight whitbrick but apparently he climbed climbed the ladder and insulted woman by calling her a five dollar piece of ass and saying that she married a midget and needless to being kevin sullivan Needless to say, this didn't go over very well in the WCW office. So, um, yeah, that one made me laugh. (laughs) I'm remembering the Monday Nyquil thing. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that he had a a set of bongos on the table with him? Yeah. As Bongo (laughs) McMahon. Yeah. Um, Was it a bottle of Geritol on a pole match? You get to see all your favourite old codgers. Oh, it's beautiful. But uh, I think it's funny to see, like, because Steve Austin keeps coming up in the Observer week to week. And, and I think Meltzer knows, like, because at this point, Steve Austin has been a former WCW tag team champion. And the sort of Hollywood Blondes were considered one of those great tag teams that just got like just got snuffed out. Yeah. And, and Dave, I think, knows probably what we'll all learn that actually this guy's a star and he's one to watch, but I don't think even Dave knew just how big a star. No, definitely not. So we've got 
I've got two more little little tidbits for you. One tidbit away, young man. Well, one which will you know will come back to, and one which just made me laugh. Um, so the one we'll come back to uh, at this time in November 1995, Brian Adams had been sentenced to a ten thousand dollar fine and five years probation on eleven counts of possession of steroids and weapons in Hawaii. Obviously, this will play into things in summer 1996 when he'll return. And he'll eventually uh, join the nation of domination. He'd be a weapon smuggler. <laughs> Christ, yeah. Well, it's, it's mad for me because, like I said before, I wasn't watching around this time. So when I've gone back and revisited it, I've been like, is that crush in the nation of domination? What, what's he drawing on his face? So, yeah. It's... <laughs> and the, the way before you say, Mike, that you were a huge Tatanka fan, my cousin was a massive Kona Crush fan. And I just always like the fact that just as kids, you'll just gravitate to someone and be like, you, you're my guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Vince almost said that in 93. When he, when he ended up going with Luger, oh. he was considering Crush. Oh, well, Which I actually did a, did a video on that uh, on my YouTube channel. <laughs> we'll plug you. Hey, do you want to, hey we, we'll do it throughout the show, but give your YouTube channel a plug, Mike. Tell the world uh, where we can find you. channel is uh, Mike's Geek World. I have all sorts of stuff, but recently I started a series where I take storylines that didn't happen but were rumored to and tell how I would have booked it. Hmm. And the first one I did was, what if they had gone with Crush in 93? How would I have booked that? Hmm. So you guide the career of Crush Hmm. as it could have possibly been. uh, Coming, uh, I'm going to possibly be filming later today where I actually have Mr. Kennedy as the illegitimate son of Vince McMahon. And if they had actually followed through. Oh, nice. Yes. I got a whole slew of them I'm going to do. <laughs> it's, well, um, look, luckily, I just, I just, do we do we just like taking storylines and going, oh, this is covered? Nah, don't worry about that. So, yes. so many of them I can, I can do. Well, can you do one on this, though? Right, so there's a show coming up on the 19, uh, the 18th of November in 1995. Honky Tonk Man and Judge Dredd versus Ludwig Borger and Hercules Borger. Again, what? The only reason I put this on is because I'd never heard of the wrestler Judge Dredd before. So when I first read this, I was imagining Elvis and Judge Dredd of Mega City One. <laughs> on Ludwig Borger and Hercules. I am the law! <laughs> Um, but I, I looked for this online. I could find no evidence of this ever happening, but it, it did tickle me. Uh, if I was going to book that, it would be it would be uh, Judge Dredd from Mega City One teaming up with the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, how about you pull out his <laughs> pull out his gun, <laughs> shouting Heat Seeker into it and just shooting everyone? <laughs> I, there's not enough chef's kisses that I can give. <laughs> This gorgeous idea. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. But oh, it, fingers <laughs> crossed we get we get some resolution to that as weeks go on. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's all I found from the newsletter this week. Amazing. Well, let us roll into this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. And it opens, as Mike has already told us, with a recap of last week on Monday Night Raw with Ahmed Johnson power slamming Yokozuna. And just a great visual to see that once again. Uh, the, the voiceover saying, will the hog man get a taste of his own slop? And what happens when the king 
brings his throne into the ring. He brings a, a chair into the ring. It's that's the tease for tonight's show. Um, and it's they're showing clips from the show. This is something they started doing recently where they wanted to be a bit more like like a like a tv show whereby they show you clips of what's to come rather than presenting it as live uh even though they're not they're kind of just only the fact that it's not (laughs) yeah that's it coming up tonight on raw like they they kind of own and i quite like that like i'm all for like doing it doing it in a different way in the case of going look we're not we can't be live every week because we've talked about this they've said like they can't be live every week because it's just financially not viable for the WWF at this point that are just struggling money-wise. So let's just, let's just lean into the fact that it's a pre-taped show and let's you know use clips to sell people to stick around for 40 minutes. I'm not, I'm not against it at all. I don't mind it at the beginning of an episode because that's fine because it's like, mm. right, this episode's been taped. Here's what's coming. It's at the end of the episode where they're just like, oh, well, next week. And it's like, oh, well, when was it recorded then? It, that one... That takes me out of it a bit. But at the beginning, yeah, fine with it. Vince McMahon and Doc Hendricks are on commentary because Jerry Lawler is getting his teeth cleaned ahead of his tag team match, teaming with Isaac Yankum to take on uh, Bret Hart and Hakushi. Well, as far as Lawler getting his teeth cleaned, and I know this isn't the SmackDown review, but this makes me think we've got a new one. We we now have House Call Kane. But this is teeth injury in the ring. You don't need to go out into a local medical facility. House call Kate. <laughs> I'll come to you. I've got my van and everything. Oh, house call Kane, you've taken out the wrong teeth. Oh no! What a circumstance I find myself in. <laughs> I've been in the I've been in the garden as promised. What do you mean, house call Kane? Well, I was digging up the ground and making sure I got all the vermin out. Kane, what, what the fuck are you talking about? You said that you had a problem with the mole. It's now a molar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was weird, what with me being a house call dentist. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to help the mole with its teeth. <laughs> yeah, I've cleaned the teeth of the mole. <laughs> it bit me ten times. That's nice one, house call kid. <laughs> You're very welcome, uh, Denise Welsh. <laughs> You're very welcome, Mulligan and Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> what a beautiful crossover oh. I find myself in. <laughs> Opening match tonight. Oh, when we talk of crossovers, it's the classic reviews favorite human being. He is he has been he has crossed the international punchline to be with us tonight. It is, of course, the British Bulldog. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's facing Rocket Man. <laughs> Burning out of fuse appear alone. She packed your letter of your bags last night pre-flat, didn't she, Marty? You bastard. Zero, zero hour, 9 a.m. <laughs> fucking early. Gonna be high, I'm going to be high as a guy by then. You fucking was. <laughs> uh, did a lot of drugs in the 90s. Um, 
Bulldog versus Marty Gennetti is our opening match of the evening. Uh, Doc Hendricks says Marty looked so good last week, hitting tennis racket swinging cornet, saying, quote, he could beat Pete Sampras in the US Open. And this is this is airing on the day that Pete Sampras beat Boris Becker in the Paris Open finals. He won two million that day, mm. Pete Sampras, and he got a video game license eventually. <laughs> Pete Sampras tennis. That's your takeaway from Pete Sampras that he'd eventually get a video game <laughs> Because because my brain, my brain, when I hear Pete Sampras, I go, oh, Pete Sampras. <laughs> Just the same way that when I used to hear Aiden Senna, I go, oh, that mega CD game I had. <laughs> When the documentary come out, you're just like, yeah, good game, that. Yeah, I'll watch good this. Game, that yeah. Pete I'm glad they made a documentary about the about the, the making of Pete Sampras tennis. Mike, you played Pete Sampras tennis, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the right I answer. Played Pete Sampras tennis. <laughs> it was one of my favorite games. Robotic Mike, what are you doing here? <laughs> Oh dear, I have been found oh. out. Once again, once again, a Patreon has subbed themselves out for a robot so they don't have to do this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> oh no, we found out I'm a bot. <laughs> I knew it was you, by the way, you were telling me not to vaccinate. <laughs> <laughs> Give your bot status away immediately. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it, do, I mean, do what the doctors say. That's that's my advice. Um, a fast-paced affair between Janetti and Bulldog. So this is a weird one because this is an episode of Raw, which is taped in a proper fucking perpendicular order because they recorded a bit of this Raw, like a, a bit of Raw before the before the Raw before this. Then they recorded a bit of the Raw after this in the middle of it, and then the bit of the Raw before it after. It's all like. Fucking Doctor Who bullshit! It's all over the place. This episode of Rob, because they because uh, they did the whole thing where they filmed. To tell people which episode of which match is going to happen on. <laughs> oh, that's why they did it. Because I think I think Mike that TNA. I don't know whether you're a TNA aficionado as well, sir. But a little bit. I think we're. All, I think we're all a little bit of a TNA fan, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, we're all like, go on, lads, go on, <laughs> go on, live your dream, live your best life. Um, because there was there was a point where like TNA were like absolutely financially fucked, and they had to tape like the the rest of the year's television in about like two or three weeks, mm-hmm. and they devised this like company wide sort of G one anti climax tournament where like everybody competed in random matches for points for different teams. And the whole thing was done. So when people came to watch the shows, they couldn't really get head or tail as to what was happening with who. So when, when the results came out through spoilers, everybody went, I don't, I don't know what this, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Can't figure all this out. Just kept people guessing. They, I remember that very well. They did like, I think it was a two month thing where they just had everything taped and there were brackets and groups and, I, you know, if you're a sports fan, it was a, it was an interesting concept, and the winner became the new TNA World Champion at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. I, I think I remember. I remember uh, vaguely. I've had spurts with TNA uh, throughout its history, so sometimes it's hard to remember. Is this something I remember watching, or is this something I remember hearing about later? <laughs> mm. or, or a fever dream that I made. <laughs> Surely they didn't have a championship that was just the GFW title with an impact sticker over the top of it. Uh, surely no. Come on, Tom. Give them some credit. 
would do that. <laughs> I know, right? Stupid brain I have. Um, very fast-paced affair between Jeanette and Bulldog, as I say. Jeanette's fast offense shut down by a Bulldog military press. Uh, a picture in picture with Clarence Mason. He reveals that the uh, the December 17th in your house pay-per-view, Bulldog is going to face the WWF champion, whoever that may be, after Survivor Series. So there's Bulldog getting a title, title shot. He's getting a fucking title shot Ooh. just before Christmas. Come on. With my title shot. All I want for Christmas is a title shot. Ex- All right, you get one on the, you get one on the seventeenth. All right, but can I have something to open on Christmas Day though? Xbox, Xbox, yo, yo, kids, you know, in your house, fab, yo. That was Bulldog there affirming his championship status. <laughs> you fucking kids, get home, get home. Uh, now I see promos between Bulldog and Ahmed Johnson. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, kids. I'll, I'll take a sip of water for this. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna get comfy. Hey, you Johnson man, you know, coming here. Slam your cup, my mate. That you know, he, oh, yeah, he's back. He's got a so back now. It's him back. He, he can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Slam down. Ah, yo, good boy, there. So, I can't, you know, that. Thank you to uh, Ahmed Johnson and British Bulldog. (laughs) Bravo! 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 (laughs) Less! Less! (laughs) Well deserved water break after that. Thank you. It's great because I couldn't tell who was who at one point. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's, it's almost like I was flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> it sounded a bit like that noise that the cistern makes in the other block. <laughs> Which we hope to get fixed one day. <laughs> uh, okay, so great sequence at the end here. Bulldog dodges a diving fist drop. Marty immediately hits a DDT from the top rope uh, and lands a beautiful... A beautiful two count. Because uh, basically, this is really nice because Bulldog comes off top rope with a fist drop. Bulldog gets up to avoid it and immediately Marty lands on his feet. It's a DDC instead. Mm. I thought that was really nice. A really smooth operator is Marty Genetic. I mean, Marty was bust out loads in this. At one point, he hit a Masato Tanaka diamond dust front flip stunner at one point. I was just like, Jesus, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Marty Genetti, calm down. <laughs> it's just it was uh, they were they went they they didn't they didn't need to go as hard as they did. No, they, they must know we take the piss out of them in the future. <laughs> <laughs> they just went. They went. Hey, babe, Marty Rockerman. This is this one, buddy Scouser man and Brummy man and New York man. I'm gonna watch <laughs> this one back. So we need to be good. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> future. The future, Marty. I've read the future. They'll do it via the phone, but via a camera. Why? Because the virus is back. Like, what virus? <laughs> virus that- shuts the world down. I can imagine Bulldog for some reason saying that and doing like Baron von Raschke, just be like, oh. <laughs> it's kind of sad that the, the sober one in this conversation is Marty. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's the thing. We, we, we take the piss out of Bulldog and Ahmed from a, from a place of love, but really you've got Marty Jannetty there, who in this year alone has tried to claim that he killed at least one person. So, <laughs> yeah. And then when it was just a storyline. <laughs> And then, when, so then, when the police stopped investigating, you went, "Not really, I really did kill him." Marty, chill out, Marty. The world's weird enough. Mm. Just have a have a sit down. Anyway, Janetti goes to charge Bulldog in the corner, hits the ring post. Nice running power slam from the Bulldog gets the one, two, three. This was a bloody good match. Very nice match. Yeah, I've, I've put here that they got such really nice chemistry, and Bulldog was selling when he was on. When uh, Marty was on offense, he, he took a flip bump from an Enziguri at one point. Um, I did notice, though, that as impressive as Marty has looked since he's come back, he's been wrestling like he's got purpose. hes I think he's only got one set of gear. He's just been wearing the same outfit week in, week out. Um, but yeah, both men looked really, really good. I, I think both are being adequately built. Marty, it's like, oh, he's got, you know, if you get a win over Marty, it means something at this point. But we'll see where it goes. Did you enjoy it, Mike? Uh, I, I did also enjoy this match. I got a little worried for Marty at one point because uh, there was a point he had Bulldog in the corner, charged at him for a flying drop kick. Bulldog moves. Marty rather smoothly puts himself into a tree of woe. After he's out of it, though, for the next like maybe minute and a half, he's grabbing at his knee. I was legitimately concerned that Marty had hurt himself there. But, you know, within a couple of minutes, he was fine. Um, yeah, Good these two did line. really well together, which isn't surprising because Marty, we've seen just on Raw, that how good of a worker he could be. And Bulldog has proven, especially when he's with a good worker, he will step up. Oh, yeah. And the two of them were able to put it together, a really good match. It really, really was. We cut to a Bill Clinton alike talking about the United Nations, like the WWF, bringing people together. <laughs> He's honored to be attending Survivor Series in two weeks' time. I what what were we, we getting out of the whole let's send a Bill Clinton lookalike to the wrestling shows? What, well, the game I was kind of reaching that good lord, are we still seeing him everywhere? Because <laughs> I mean he'd had like appearances on The Simpsons, and ever since he uh ever since the first uh his first uh years as president, he was just they were just putting him everywhere and at this point i was just sick of seeing him even if it wasn't really him it's like good lord more bill clinton stuff and of course he had all the uh all the controversies and such so it's like i'm tired of seeing you i don't want you to come to survivor series somebody revoke his ticket him turning up with a ticket in his hand and just some big fella in a high vis she'd be like you're not coming in bill fuck (laughs) off Oh, but I'm president of America. Fuck off, Bill. Fuck off. Treat <laughs> me like this. You can't treat me like this. I'm from American president. <laughs> That's how he talks, right? Hello, I'm Bill Clinton. <laughs> I'd had a, I did not kiss that lady, um, which is his famous catchphrase. Uh, Doc, Doc <laughs> did not kiss that lady. She's a lovely lady. Um, <laughs> Doc Hendricks. <laughs> Doc Hendricks is ringside. He's having a chat with Cornette about Bulldog's title shot and the wild card match of Survivor Series. Cornette says December's in your house. Uh, they'll get the title around Bulldog's waist. And they say if Sean tries to double cross Bulldog at Survivor Series, 
Bulldog will make Syracuse look like a walking park. <laughs> Bulldog, you were there, mate. You should know. <laughs> Suck in the back, someone get us up. <laughs> kid man, kid man, undo us, undo us, kid. Fuck off. I love the idea. I love the idea of Bulldog saying, yeah, I'm going to beat you worse than you were beating Syracuse. Bulldog in the back of his mind, having flashbacks to being stuck in the back, can't get the belt off. It's a thousand yards there live on TV. <laughs> you should have ended up in the middle. <laughs> Just that middle seats. <laughs> I'm glad actually that you explained what happened during this interview, though, because I got next to nothing out of this interview because I was too distracted by Doc Hendricks, who was basically being like in those Looney Tunes cartoons where you got the the big gangster and his little sidekick and the little sidekick just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You tell him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah." (laughs) That was Doc Hendricks the whole time. It's like I couldn't even... Yeah, anything out of the interview because I was too distracted by Doc Hendrick. He just tends to eat the scenery a bit, doesn't he, Michael Hayes? <laughs> yeah. Once a free bird, always a free bird. But uh, I, well, after obviously after Doc talked to um, Jim, who just like last week spent far too long in layman's terms saying what was going to happen. I do like the fact that Davey gets on the mic and goes, "Yeah, oh, I just." I barely broke a sweat against Marty, he said, while completely out of breath. <laughs> and that his dream will come true as he gets that in your house five title match. In your house. <laughs> in your house. Do we think, team, all jokes aside, and we know he's a figure of fun, hmm. should Bulldog have ever been the WWF champion? I'll leave this one with you, Mike, because obviously over here, he was presented as such a big deal. I'm pretty sure I remember when he gets injured in WCW. It made the news over here because he was such a pop culture icon. So Mm. our opinion of Davey Boy, we've probably got him on a higher pedestal than he probably actually was. (laughs) Have we fuck? Do you listen to what we talk about? (laughs) (laughs) We think the man's a joke. When I say we, I mean... Britain. I'm not saying oh, myself, right. Tom Campbell, Matthew Craig, and Sam Driver. I was like, yeah, we, we've got quite a high opinion of Bulldog. Oh, bastard. Fuck, fuck. That's exactly how he was. We're just telling it how it is. I mean, there is that. <laughs> uh, what think- do you think, Mike? Yeah, as, as, as an international purveyor of the wrestling, what were your thoughts on David Boy Smith? Um, I think as far as ability and character, oh, definitely. And I, and I, having watched a lot of this period bulldog was very over during a lot of his uh time in the wwe i think the only the thing that really hurt him more than anything else was uh reliability Mm. uh similar to a lot of other wrestlers where it's like well i'd like to do we'd like to do something with this person but we don't know we can trust him like with, when they put the Intercontinental title on the Texas Tornado and immediately filmed a match of Perfect beating him just in case they needed it because they weren't sure they could trust wow. the Tornado. Yeah. I think it's similar here where Bulldog definitely had all the tools, I think, to be a top guy and to be that champion, but I think they just didn't feel they could trust him. No, that's a fair assessment. I think there's a few people that said similar. I mean, there was... um. The, the timing of it was quite eerie. It was about a week before the Jeff Hardy incident um, occurred, which led to Jeff Hardy being released. Uh, an interview came out with Freddie Prince Jr., who talked about how Triple H was very against the idea of dropping the WWE title to Jeff because he didn't see Jeff as reliable. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, just the timing of it was very eerie because then that weekend was uh, was the weekend where Jeff Hardy turned up in No Fit State and has subsequently was has been released from the company again. And it just breaks your heart that there's someone like that who, as you say, like Bulldog, like Kerry Von Erich, who you desperately want them to to, to get their shit together and be reliable because they're a force. They can be a force of good when they've got their heads screwed on. But it doesn't happen very often. Uh, back to the show. <laughs> Bret Hart is sat with Barry Horowitz and Harkushi. Bless you, Harkushi. Um, Bret is telling Harkushi their team is number one. Ishiban. 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 Um, look, look at Barry hanging with the main event, lads. Bless him. That's what I've written here. <laughs> I've just wrote, Bret says Ishiban. Okay. He <laughs> <laughs> actually pronounced it wrong, too. If, 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 I, I guess it was that would that be how a Canadian would pronounce? I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> Japanese and a Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, tell us. Oh, Brett, go. <laughs> uh recap of WWF Superstars, where we've had Jerry Lawler interviewing Gold Dust, only to be interrupted by Bam Bam Bigelow, who throws out a challenge to Gold Dust. Goldust quotes Ben Hur, and the match is set for Survivor Series. Goldust versus Bigelow. I feel like Bigelow is being fed to Goldust here, lads. Yeah, remember when Bigelow was going to get a big push mm. for, for putting over LT at WrestleMania? Those, those were the days. <laughs> Vince McMahon didn't say if he was going to push him up or down the card, though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, you're going to get a big push. You, you thought I was pushing you up. Half I didn't clear. say that. <laughs> Remember Dusty's boy? Yeah, he's going to be gold and you're going to lose to him. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, up next, Henry O. Godwin is in action and he is in action. Who is he in action against, Jackins? I thought you'd be very excited by this. I know. Oh. <laughs> Go on, Mike. Who's he? Well, Actually, Jackins, you know. Mike, who is it? Well, he is up against Terry Richards. AKA, in my own words, <laughs> fucking rhino. <laughs> Have you really? I can't tell from this distance. Can you hold it up to the camera? Can you prove that you've written fucking rhino? You have written fucking rhino. And I've highlighted it as well. <laughs> you've highlighted it. God love you. <laughs> fucking rhino is in the house for this one. This was great. So, um, this was part of the Canadian loop. We've had uh, a, f- a few Canadian talents being used as enhancement. We had Scott Demore last week, mm-hmm. like the guy who runs Impact Wrestling as an enhancement guy, in pretty much the same shape that he is now. Yeah, I mean, I admire the consistency. Um, Johnny Swinger's been in action as well; he was a big part of the Canadian Loop, and now it's only bloody Rhino. Yeah doing his thing. Um, we get a recap from Superstars before this match gets underway proper with Hunter Hearst Helmsley spraying Henry O'Godwin with cologne. Very Rick Martell-esque with the with the cologne. This leads to a near slopping and a match set for next week. Um, <laughs> it's a short and sweet one, this one. Terry, big boy Terry doesn't get a whole lot in, but it's just nice to see Rhino in sort of a, an embryonic state eating a slop drop slop drop for the three and getting rolled out of the ring. Were we hoping lads for a little bit more from Terry? I, I, I was hoping that he would have gored him through at least four tables, but you know, the heart <laughs> wants what the heart wants. <laughs> this, I, I've got here though, like I, I do really like the slop drop, but I don't like the character of Henry Godwin because he's, he wrestles as a heel. 
but he's not a heel. I don't, I don't really get it. It's just, it's just all based on the fact that it's just like, ah, oh, well, this fella's got a pig and a bucket of shite. And yeah, uh, he was going to, um, he was going to slop Rhino. I was like, why are you going to slop a jobber? He's just doing his job. Leave him alone. <laughs> it's a very heelish thing to do, isn't it? Because it was, it was really the heels that had that whole sort of post-match animation. Yeah, which was them doing something sinister. I don't know, Jake Roberts. Good shout. A good chunk of his WWE run was as a baby face and he would put the snake on him. Okay, pop, fair, fair. He'd get his snake out. By the way, right now on the YouTube channel, uh, you can watch the true story of Heroes of Wrestling, the worst pay-per-view of all time. If you're I talking do, I about getting your snake out for the lads, <laughs> that's the pay-per-view for you. What a pro, ladies and gentlemen. What a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh, Les Helmsley jumps Godwin. Pedigrees him on the floor after the match. Nice. I always like a finisher on the floor. Mm. Legit pedigree too. Yeah. yeah. These, and this is this is the point where we've talked about this a few times. Yeah, he's still holding him, holding those arms back. He is. He's doing it proper. He's proper putting the putting the stink on it. Um, he then puts gloves on very slowly and meticulously, and then slop drops Henry, slops Henry Godwin, pours his slop bucket all over him, being very mindful not to get any on his shoes. I like that. <laughs> but this wasn't the Sunny slop bucket. No, no, that's a special bucket for Sunny down the road. It's a, speaking of, no, we won't, we won't do that. I, I saw that low-hanging fruit, so I decided to ignore it. You should have walked past <laughs> it. I, you, I'm glad you did. I should have done too. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're getting so this is this is a feud that will that will roll into next year, on and off. Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Henry O. Godwin. So they have a surprisingly good uh, match at uh, the next in your house between them, which, given the the gimmick of the match, you wouldn't think so, but it actually ends up being a surprisingly good match. So how long is this then until, will this lead to Phineas coming in or is that a little ways down the road? Um, Good question. The two of them I know are still feuding a little bit at the Rumble, but shortly after the Rumble, Phineas comes in and the Godwin start into the whole tag team title. Cool. Yeah, because I'm, I'm still I'm still weaving a bit of a map here, so I'm just like right. So I know he's coming, but I'm not sure when. So right, cool. Uh, Todd Pettingill is on Slam Jam duty this week, uh, which has still got the big picture of Doc Hendricks in the background. Which I admire the consistency. Of. <laughs> I noted that too. <laughs> we, we've got another Survivor Series announcement. We've got the Royals, Mabel, Jerry Lawler, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, and Isaac Yankum. I guess the, I guess because he fits crowns. Oh, um, thank you. Oh. Uh, taking on, I didn't even write that down. That's just off the top of my head. What a pro, ladies and gentlemen. What a, what a, what a pro, what a pro, what a pro. You kid, you're going to do Hollywood one day. Well, Luigi, what are you doing here? Um, <laughs> and this is an interesting piece of, as the French would say, l'histoire, uh, because we've got Undertaker, Fatu, Henry Godwin, and Savio Vega as the Darksiders, but they have a more official name behind the scenes, don't mm-hmm. they, lads? Versus the BSK. The BSK! The Bone Street crew. The cool kids from backstage. So, who, who, who you think would almost have as much power as the click, given that they've got the Undertaker at the top. Yeah, 
Yeah, you'd have thought yeah, so. But they did absolutely <laughs> fuck all. <laughs> they didn't really have any have any desire to take over like the click did. No. They just wanted to play dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> basically what it is so uh, for those listening uh, who are confused by this conversation who were bsk well wwe asked uh, the fun gang in an interview for wwe.com all about the bone street crew look at you exposing the business wwe.com uh, so here's a few quotes from the interview with the bone street crew henry godwin was a member and he said it stood for bsk stood for bone street crew myself undertaker yokozuna rikishi savio vega brian adams Paul Bearer and Papashenko, uh, the godfather. Then Midian came up a year later and joined us too. Fuji was also a member. I worked against Undertaker, says Henry, one night on Monday Night Raw. We beat the stuff out of each other. After that night, he took me under his wing. I started riding with Paul Bearer and him. Then my partner came up and me, him, Paul and Taker all were together all the time. Uh, Phineas Godwin says... They used to call me, oh, sorry, this is still Henry Godwin. He says, they used to call me Hillbilly Love. Undertaker came up with that. He wrote a song about me. He and Yoko were rapping it one night in the car. How many people could say Undertaker and Yoko rapped a song about them? Why have we never heard this song? Hmm. Probably best that we haven't, to be fair. <laughs> uh, Godfather says, everybody thinks The Undertaker started the BSK, but it was actually Yoko. Yoko Zuna, not Ono. Yoko was always the mouthpiece at that time. Yoko was w- would talk like a gangster. One time he said, BSK, Bone Street Crew in the house. That was Yoko starting it. It feels like a treehouse club. And I really, <laughs> and I think it's for big beefy boys, it's deeply wholesome. Godfather goes on Who to say, loud. <laughs> just come in my treehouse and read magazines I got some money to be done sped uh, Godfather says we were a bunch of guys that hung out together it's not helping their treehouse club uh, image rode together listen to the same type of music should I, should I put Backstreet Boys on oh yes uh, please they, I love Backstreet Boys oh, they, you're the heat man woman haters club <laughs> <laughs> girls aren't allowed in here just boys uh, they did the same things at night and as Mike rightly said played dominoes Fuck me. The Godwins didn't play dominoes. Savio played dominoes. Right, this club sounds fucking boring. Yeah. Uh, but the, <laughs> the ones that definitely played dominoes would be Rikishi, Yoko, and Undertaker. What a fucking bunch of boring sods. Savio Vega, to end this little chat about the brilliant BSK. My wife and I went to the Florida Keys for our anniversary, and that's when I said I wanted a tattoo. We got a little tattoo for us. Then we got home to Puerto Rico and I got interested in tattoos. On the right arm, I have a couple of things, like a spider and a web. There's <laughs> a skull with a snake through its head. Individual, because my mates have got one. Um, I said to the guy, on this side, I want you to put BSK. I, I arrived to the arena. I said, hey, guys, I got a tattoo. And then they all went and got matching tattoos, except Fatu. <laughs> I don't know why the I don't know why BSK just makes me laugh. So it's, why am I in this club? You guys are losers. Yeah, cool, 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 I get a tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> Has everyone filled out their membership applications? We're all going to have some <laughs> jelly and cake later. It's going to be lovely. I'm just imagining a world where they're playing dominoes on the bus of like. Bob Holly bursts and he's just like, lads, have you heard? Sure, Michaels has just kicked his head in, and they're just like. Not now, Robert. We're playing dominoes. <laughs> Bugger off. <laughs> Just not interested. The next is going to be at the 4-H club. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon, it may be, you know how they pride themselves on always being the gang? Like, yeah, we kept things safe backstage. But I bet they were like, 
They were very administrative about it. Somebody would come up and go, oh, hi, guys. Sure, Michael's been a right cunt to me. I go, okay, we'll sort that for you. If you want to just fill out this form. <laughs> explain, yeah. your, pop your name, what they did, the date, the time. Um, we'll get it processed. It should take about seven to 10 days. We should have an answer for you uh, within no, no earlier than 10 days time. Uh, and uh, we'll process your application from there. And then like they go back in like 10 days time and go, I've not heard anything back. And they go, oh, there was an error on the form. You see, you'd put the, you put the day and then the month when really, cause we're in America, you put the month and then the day. <laughs> so the machine couldn't read it properly. We would have rang you, but we didn't. So can I get you just to fill out a fresh form? Uh, same process again, seven to 10 days. And we'll let you know. In the meantime, you're very welcome to, uh, to, to play dominoes. It's, it's an extra pound if you're a non-member. And if you want cake and ice cream, um, we've we've all like we've already bought the cake and ice cream, so we'd need you to kind of put chip in an extra thirty-seven p if you'd like a slice. It's only fair, and then that'll get distributed to the club's trip to Legoland next year. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking BSK, <laughs> bollocks, SK. Am I right, kids? <laughs> uh, I just, I just. The more I read about it, the more disappointed I was that I read about it. <laughs> Just sounds like a shit club. It is like the stonecutters after Homer Simpson ruined it. <laughs> hang around in a basket of robin. So proud of themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I love the idea of them being in a, in a basket of robins. And, and Mike's right as well. They seem so fucking proud of themselves. We're, we're playing dominoes in basket robins. <laughs> we've got matching tattoos for our dominoes club. <laughs> Fuck off. He's not, he's not a proper member. He wasn't cool like us to get the tattoo. <laughs> uh, I wanted to uh, lead the meeting of the Bourne Street crew. Um, we've got to get our tattoos on Thursday. Now, uh, if you don't want a tattoo on your arm, you can have it on your calf. Uh, we do ask that you don't do what Henry did and get it in lowercase. We want it all in uppercase. It's all, uh, it's all right, Henry. It's all right. Oh, sorry about um, that. Sorry. That's all right. It's all right. You put your page of subs for the year. It's all right. Uh, it's all fine. I want to get the tattoo. You want to get a tattoo, love? Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I you, want to get the tattoo. You, you don't want a tattoo, love? Well, okay, well, if you don't want a tattoo, unfortunately, you'll still have to put in the money towards everyone else getting a tattoo because oh. we, should, we, we shouldn't have to pay extra because you're a fucking coward. So oh. you'll have to still put in money for it. It's, it's only fair, Fatu. It doesn't matter that you are one shot. You're not tough unless you get a tattoo. Remember, you don't, <laughs> now, 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 we are oversubscribed for Domino's on Wednesday. Uh, we only need five people to play it, and now seven have put their names down. Now, we, now I, I don't like being a fuss pot, but we, if we have too many people playing Domino's, we're just going to be here all night. So I'd ask for two people to volunteer. Phileas, thank you very much. Thank you. That's one. Need one more person to volunteer to take their name off the dominoes for when. Oh, I'm just going to have to pick somebody at random, aren't I? Oh, Yokozuna, you're off the. Oh, what? This is an art page. <laughs> somebody else, somebody else had come forward. We wouldn't have to do this. Now, uh, I hate to bring this up in public, but I want to talk about parking again. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Undertaker, you've parked your motorbike uh, in the wrong allocated space. You see, uh, your parking zone is 5G and you've parked it in 5C. Now, we know that that is an unmanned parking. Uh, now, 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 listen, Undertaker, don't spit that tobacco. 
tobacco there. We've we had we've, that's the next part of the meeting is tobacco spitting. But now listen, I know that is an unmarked parking space five C, but it's the principle of the thing. So we'd ask you to once this meeting's done to go and move it to five E. Otherwise, I'll have to have a another awkward conversation with with Michael who runs the building. Quite frankly, I've had enough of those. Um, we'll be taking giving the minutes to the meeting uh, in the email as normal, and it'll be on the Facebook page too. So uh, if anybody doesn't have access to Facebook, um, you can log in using uh, Henry's login. Just don't read his messages. Nope. You know what's I don't know what they say, but I'm sure they're as tasteful as can be. That's right, they <laughs> are. Now, does anybody else have anything else they'd like to bring to the meeting of the Bone Street crew? I'd like to say something. Me, oh, Paul fuck. Bearer. <laughs> All right, Paul. Fuck. All right, Paul. Well, everybody, everyone goes, oh, I know, we'll be home soon we'll beat traffic Paul what would you like to say Paul at the back yeah so, lost a bit of, lost a bit of weight Paul oh, oh yeah oh they had, well done, oh, they had well a little done. bit of ice cream didn't I uh, that's so, great that's great, so great. What, what I want to say is um yes. I actually replaced uh the domino set with uh, another set out of my own pocket I'm afraid um our original ones were Black dominoes with white dots, but these are white dominoes with black dots. So I hope no one's got an issue playing with these new dominoes. Right. Now, Paul, I just, uh, why didn't you run that through the usual channels? You should have come to me and then come to uh, uh, Martin, the treasurer, who would have uh, paid for it. I know, I, I know. And because there'll be people in this room like Undertaker who know doesn't like the, the white dominoes with black bits in them. And uh, I, for one, I, I, I mean, I mean, I, I think it's it's very kind of you, Paul. But you know, rules are in place for a reason here at the Bone Street Crew. And uh, and if you if you start breaking rules, there's anarchy. You know, we'll all be buying dominoes as and when we want to. I hope you appreciate that. I, I do. And I, you I, at least keep the receipt for the of dominoes that you bought. Of course I did. And I even I even made two copies as well. Oh, one for okay. my own personal taxes, just in case we can, you know, have a couple right. of extra quid for the uh, for the Christmas too. Okay, that's great. Thank you. It's to... I can buy multicolored ones. Savio Vega wants multicolored. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we, you can if you want. See what I mean, Paul? This is the anarchy that you bring to the meetings. Uh, I mean, we can look into multicolored ones, but they're going to be more expensive. So I hope everybody's in a situation where they can chip in like an extra five, maybe six pence. Uh, it, it will slow things down on our on our fundraiser for Turkey and Tinsel at oh, Christmas, no. uh, but and it will probably mean we'll move Legoland back to June. But we can. Uh, we can, we can, we can certainly do that if, if everybody is like Savio Vega, that keen to to have multicolored dominoes. I just want can can, can the six pence extra? Can me and Phineas split that between us, or is it six pence extra each? I'd prefer it if it was six pence each, Henry. To be honest with you, just because oh, okay. you're a tag team and you look similar doesn't mean you get classed as one person. Like you still have to pay your subs the same as Phineas. And, fin- and Phineas, I don't you know. I was going to bring this up with you privately, Phineas, but you're two months behind anyway. <laughs> Um, and, and you know, and that's that's one pound thirty that I think could go quite a long way. So, <laughs> how fucking long are we gonna do this, lads? <laughs> we, we, we are just cauldrons of shite, aren't we? That's all we do. I'm having a good old time. <laughs> That's what a Bone Street Crew annual general meeting. Undertaker, if you don't like it, come at me, pal. <laughs> Fill in a form you gotta, you first. Put this episode onto Twitter and tag Undertaker on it. John! John! <laughs> Bone Street Crew at Legoland, John. No, no, the, the, the Bone Street Crew meeting. 
John. <laughs> yes, can Bone John? Can you, can you? Can you do an image of the Bone Street Crew meeting? The Bone Street. <laughs> the Bone Street Crew. Can you do meeting, it like John. the like the dogs playing poker. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. My fellow Americans, our future is bright. The World Wrestling Federation has given us great, wholesome family entertainment. Together, together, we can reach a new plateau. And the new WWF generation will lead us there. Join Mr. President live from our nation's capital for the greatest night in sports entertainment. Milton Bradley Karate Fighters presents the WWF Survivor Series. So join my family and watch the WWF Survivor Series. Bone Street Crew are taking on Mabel Lawler, Hunter Hearst, Helmsley, and Isaac Young from Yeah. <laughs> they had a meeting about it and they, they've agreed to it. They'll, they'll, they're, they're planning to go to Legoland to celebrate. Um, we get a promo from Paul Bearer and The Undertaker. Taker isn't showing his face because he's shy. No, uh, because his face is mangled as fuck from being sat on by Mabel and Undertaker. He promises that no royal will survive and all royals will rest in peace. We're keeping Undertaker's new look a secret. Until uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, um, when Undertaker turns, you know, just slightly, still keeping it hidden from us, Bear looks all, all freaked out. It's like, oh, Undertaker, please don't look this way. Your visage is too gruesome. Oh, yes. That's a spot on Paul. <laughs> when, when I first saw this, at first I was like, I wasn't convinced that it was Undertaker. I was like, his hair looks too much like a wig. <laughs> Brian Lee, are you back? <laughs> yes, I have left ECW and come back for this. <laughs> I've brought some, I've had some issues with the police that have now been resolved. Unrelated, <laughs> does anybody want any drugs or guns? <laughs> I've got loads. Don't ask me why, just let me know if you want them. 
Diesel cuts a promo and letting Bret Hart know he doesn't like his odds in a no DQ match. Bret's not his own, obviously. Uh, he's squeezing his glove in sheer excitement. Diesel's whole shtick throughout this title run has been, you can't squeeze your glove enough. Man, this thing is so uncomfortable. Mm. He looks like a man that's got carpal tunnel. Just like <laughs> constantly grabbing his wrist and just giving it the old squeezy squeezy. In the words of uh, the great Jake Roberts, Diesel, stop wanking. <laughs> We talked about this on Friday. <laughs> we did. Yeah, it's just been it's been there since. Oh, <laughs> the the I don't know whether you've seen these, Mike. These these amazing, um, f- completely fake um, PSA posters from with WWF stars telling fans to stop masturbating. Uh, <laughs> it did, and they're all just like like they're all in character, and they're all they all say I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them up at the risk of of having my my, my web history looked really weird. <laughs> um, uh, tell us word for word what you are putting okay. into Google. Okay, WWF PSA masturbating. So that's what I've put into Google. And Reddit has come up, thank God. I'm not in trouble. So these are complete fake adverts that, that feature WWF stars. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've just seen one of them. Um, <laughs> Telling us to not masturbate because it's evil in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, for example, yeah, there's one of Hulk Hogan. There's one of Hulk Hogan saying, "Be a champ, not a chump. Leave that bone alone." Uh, Dusty Rhodes going, "Don't be silly. Don't play with your willing." <laughs> um, Jim Duggan saying, "Unless you're peeing or washing, don't touch that junk, tough guy." <laughs> and then Jake the Snake just going, "The only snake I mess with is Damien. Stop wanking." <laughs> Just the coarseness of it. <laughs> just the demand from Jay Roberts. It just, it finishes me off every time. Not like that. Um, <laughs> it's just brilliant. Anyway, stop wanking. In the words of Diesel to, to the rest of the world. <laughs> so here's a little fun factoid from The Observer regarding Diesel versus Bret Hart. The Bret Hart Diesel match at Survivor Series uh, was originally scheduled to be a cage match. But the plans were changed because the belief is the two have had good to very good matches in the past. But putting Diesel in a cage would limit much of what they could do and make it a not as good match. It also enables them at some point to do cage matches at house shows where there isn't as much pressure on to have quality matches so there was originally an idea to make the survivor series match a cage match but they went with the no dq match to 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 present what will become a a bit of a spectacle yeah makes sense actually um yeah as good as as good as and as great as hart and nash are i don't want to see a cage match between the two of them no i got some bad news for you (laughs) <laughs> oh come on <laughs> I didn't want to burst your bubble just yet Jack kids but Mike has got a point uh, well my bubble, was, my bubble was burst 33 years ago so don't worry about it <laughs> uh, Karma in action next BSK the BSK in the house uh, fresh from having a meeting what about the missing cutlery from the canteen <laughs> can we all remember when we've used our knives and forks to put it in the dishwasher. Now, uh, the last person to leave the meeting room, if they can turn the dishwasher on, because what's happened is the last few times I've come here and I didn't want to say anything. 
Um, but I've had to open the dishwasher only to find food, plates and knives that have been in there with cake crumbs on for about a week. And uh, quite frankly, it's disgusting. We're not animals. So if the last person to leave the meeting could just turn the dishwasher on, I'd, I'd, it would be, it'd be greatly appreciated. Not even asking you to empty it, just turn the dishwasher. Yes, Henry, question at the back, Henry. Um, does the person who loads it and switches it on, do they have to unload it the next day? Well, no, well, it would, I mean, it, I mean, I'm not telling you to be a good person, Henry, um, but it would it wouldn't go amiss if somebody other than fucking me unloaded the dishwasher just fucking once. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not that it bothers me. But if some other fucker could empty the dishwasher, that'd be fucking great. Well, the, the water from the, the dishwasher that gets on the plates makes my fingers all wrinkly. <laughs> yes, Savio, you've said about 30 fucking times now, Savio. And uh, I am sorry, but it's, it, look, it comes back to money for the clubhouse, right? We can, I, I mean, we could buy a new dishwasher. Of course we could. I mean, it depends how much you want to go to Legoland in June, <laughs> which is looking more and more fucking unlikely if we have to keep buying different coloured fucking dominoes. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm fucking saying, everybody? I'm Legoland. <laughs> Undertaker, you will, you've said now, we, you will come to Legoland and you will have a lovely time. We Look, now, we don't have to go on all the upside down rides at Legoland. You can just sit out some of them. You liked the arcade last time, didn't you? Mm. Yes, you did. Sit and stop spitting tobacco, you fucking menace. Could I have a new sandwich, please? I've got a bit of tobacco spit on this. Oh, one. see what oh, you've done now. now that. That's, that's going to come out of the budget. That is. Can you not just can you not just rip off the bit with tobacco on and eat round? Uh, I please? could, but it started. I'd to, rather you did. The, the bread started to soak it. Oh, okay. well, just 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 take that bit of bread off because I mean it's either that or I have to buy a whole new loaf of bread. I mean. it's I don't think it's right that we should all suffer for one person's problem. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what a fucking passive-aggressive mess the both of <laughs> What a passive-aggressive place. I don't know. <laughs> Miranda's furious. It's the, she's the chair, by the way, the, the BSK. That's Miranda. Oh. <laughs> she's very cross. I always I picture Miranda a bit like a Slimming World uh, mentor. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why in my head it just is um so karma's in the house fresh from the from the bsk meeting it's facing tony roy and barry dadinsky is flogging shit that's what i've put down here <laughs> this is the end i think mike uh, i think jackins this is the end of the of the the pog slash madcaps uh toy craze isn't yeah. it because they're flogging a thousand pogs for twenty dollars and slammers don't forget the slammers Oh yeah, you get the slammers. Yeah. I think this is. I think the pod craze is dying down. This is late '95, mm. so I think that's we're, we're winding up now, aren't we? So it's just clearing out the, the closet of WWE. You're just piled on the ring apron too. I kind of want to see. <laughs> He's off of here. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone to get slammed into them like their thumbtacks. I'm gonna bring this up at the meeting. You know, <laughs> in the way of the match. <laughs> Can we insist we in future that all Pog-based shenanigans are kept free of matches involving BSK members, please? We, we can indeed, Godfather. We can make sure that happens. Um, we do a, we, again, it was something not clear by me. That's a, a higher authority figure to me. I think that's um, 
I think that's that's Mark that's Mike Powell in logistics who's uh, who's head of that. <laughs> He's been organising something with Noah. Um, I've not been paying attention, but there's a little crossover for anybody that's fucking interested. Um, they're cleaning out the pod craze is dying down. They tell you to give the phone number a ring now if you want to buy them. Hey, speaking of phone numbers, here's a fun story. It's a fun story, lads. There are a lot of complaints regarding the WWF 900 number this week. <laughs> so on the 30th of October, they ran a crawl along the bottom of the screen. I remember we talked about this, Jack. We did, yeah. Um, for If you want an update on the condition of Shawn Michaels going into Survivor Series, call this number now. So people all did. And it was a taped pr- message from the previous week that hadn't been updated. Despite the fact that the crawl said, new message now. So people rang this, this multi-dollar hotline to get the same message they'd heard last week. So nobody was very happy. <laughs> I only once called one of those uh, WWE hotlines. And it was, it was years before when it was the Hulk Hogan hotline. Nah. So what happened? What did you do? Okay, so... There's a few things on it. First, you get you get the chance to quote unquote wrestle a match where you know you you're given these three moves you just keep doing over and over again, and if you don't win in three minutes, Hulk Hogan comes in to save you. <laughs> um, but that's the big I think that's was, how they book Bret Hart, Yoko Zuda, isn't it? <laughs> the big one is Hulk is this is right around the time of Suburban Commando, so you get a a story. From Hulk Hogan of a time he got a bunch of people together to watch Suburban Commando. And he rambles on and on about, you know, them getting Domino's pizza, more unexpected guests coming in and having to go for more pizza. Basically, you know, building up the phone bill that I'm going to be that my parents are going to be paying for this call. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of the most pointless uh, calls I'd ever made. It was like around 91, 92 or so. And then you have a match and then. He comes and saves you. Yeah, it was against The Undertaker. And Undertaker cut a promo on me before the match. <laughs> is, is it like, I, I'm just trying to picture how this works. So they'll go like, what's I, I don't know whether they go, what's your name, brother? And you'd have gone, Mike Staley. And uh, so they're like, so the Undertaker going, uh, I will end you, Mike Staley, in this cage match tonight. <laughs> that would have been funny, but no, it's just one I'm of those. I'm coming to save my brother. Mike Staley from The Undertaker, brother. They kind of screwed me over in the match too, because I'm doing the I'm doing the moves of, of the three that I have to do, and fi- and finally I'm like, okay, uh, I haven't done this yet. Second rope elbow drop. Well, there's no time for that, brother. You got to hurry. All right, uh, <laughs> pinfall. Oh, time's run out, brother. Hulk Hogan's coming in to save you. It's like screw you, Hogan. I had him. <laughs> Spotlight's always got to be on the Hulk's the mic. You know that. Hogan must pose. Even in a even in a fucking pre-taped phone call match, Hogan's got to go over, brother. Well, that's a mate. What a fascinating insight really into cool. the WWE phone calls. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you spending your parents' money that back then, so you can <laughs> regale us with I it now. Did have parents' permission. Good. You always I must do. Call, I also did the the thing where you have a wrestler call someone for like a birthday or a holiday. Yeah, I did that too. Oh, so how did that? So how was that then? Was it um was it the same pre-tape message or do they do like customized oh, ones? Because I went with Bret Hart as a Mother's Day call for my mom because she liked Bret Hart. Nice. Every one of the other wrestlers in it got involved in the call because <laughs> Bret, you know, says the whole, you know, hey, Happy Mother's Day. Then he sings. 
happy birthday, but saying happy Mother's Day instead. And then the undertaker says, if he sings that song one more time, I will never rest in peace. <laughs> and, and, you know, Razor and Luger and all of them all get involved in the conversation. Oh, wow. See, I'm, I'm just imagining a world where it's like an old school payphone and just like Bret Hart's on it and they're all queued behind him with the stacks <laughs> of coins. Just like, hurry up, Bret. I need to, I need to order <laughs> some sure. pizza. Oh, Bret, come on. Give it here. Oh. <laughs> that is, I love a birthday message of Arbor Johnson. <laughs> burr, burr. <laughs> oh, that's Bulldog. What the? I, I, Happy birthday! <laughs> 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 Such a powerful noise. <laughs> so, um, Karma versus Tony Roy. <laughs> the start of the match, Vince McMahon welcomes via phone. Hey, um, Shawn Michaels, who says, What do you say, neighbor? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, Sean really puts Ahmed Johnson over on this phone call saying that uh, he's the only guy he hopes to trust saying, you never know. You may see Shawn Michaels being beaten up by nine guys again at Survivor Series. I like the fact that even he's buying into the bullshit that it took a, a small army to beat him up. Oh, the, and the number keeps going up oh, yeah. every time the story is told. It's like that and the side. The, 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 the stories in wrestling with, with increasing numbers is that and the attendance at WrestleMania 3. <laughs> 457,122 people were at WrestleMania 3. And Andre died on the way down from the Body Slam Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Except he carried on wrestling as a zombie. John actually mentions be, that he had a match and he was disoriented after the match. And I, my, my twofold thoughts are, one, gee, I'm sure that won't end up, you know, being a problem later on. Mm. <laughs> and two is like, remember the days when concussions could be used as a storyline? Yeah. Well, it's funny because um, we just did the classic uh, watch along for 2001 Royal Rumble. Did Matthew, Greg and I uh, went out last Saturday and... Um, it was the whole thing with that, with the tag title match, was Bubba Ray and Devon went in with concussions. They're like bruises drawn on their faces and everything to show like they'd been concussed and they were carrying on wrestling. Mm-hmm. Different times, eh? At a time, some may say. Not some me, say. but some. <laughs> great showing for Kane in that rumble, though, so I can't be mad. <laughs> Kane's greatest night on the roster was Royal Rumble 2001. Is that... Just a... Force. Was that with Drew Carey? Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Honky Top Man, Drew Carey, Kane just Kane in the hardcore division, Kane in the mid-card division, Kane in the WWF title division, all in one night, Kane's all hair. in one match. Kane's hair Kane's getting hair almost winning the rumble. <laughs> the the frizzometer off the scale for Kane's hair. It was a great night had by all. Um, Sean signs off the call as Karma beats Tony Roy with a knockout punch. Uh, a dejected Doc Hendricks says to Vincent Man, Sean never said hello to me. Sounded really sad. He's my favorite, you know. He sounded really sad. He did sound genuinely sad. Bless him. And I think Vince bought it too because it was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, pal. <laughs> Seriously, don't, don't put me on the spot like this. I'm sorry. A good Vince impression, that by the way. Hey, Doc, <laughs> if, if you call one eight hundred Heartbreak Kid, 
You can speak to him yourself. <laughs> They're all queuing outside the phone box waiting for you now. <laughs> uh, next week, we're getting Razor, Ramon, and Sid with the one, two, three kid as guest referee. Uh, the ref is the kid, and Ramon battles Sid. <laughs> Rhymes. Uh, they also announced that uh, due to consistent shenanigans around the Intercontinental Championship, there can be a title change next week on a countout or a DQ. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. But kid as the ref is a, is a little, will foreshadow some things to come. Did you notice though that, because um, it was Todd Pattengill doing the voiceover for this bit, and it was clearly two very separate takes because the audio quality just suddenly went shite for about two seconds and then came back again. Yeah, this is this is where again part of this beautiful sort of half pre-recorded, half live system they're doing, where you can really tell when, yeah. where stuff's been chucked in, stuff's been added in. It's it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Um, our main event is nearby. Uh, Jerry Lawler and Isaac Yankum are taking on Bret Hart and Cod and Harkushi. Before the main event, though, we get a special presentation: the Battle of the Smoking Guns. With karate fighters from Milton Bradley. Oh yes, had some of these. Oh, sorry, I just probably blew out the mic then with my excitement. I had karate fight a, a set of the karate fighter figures. Uh, I think the ones I had were the headstone and samurai ninja. Nice. Oh. You didn't have tenderfoot then. No, I didn't. I didn't have tenderfoot. <laughs> so I, I didn't have tenderfoot. I didn't have heartthrob. Uh... <laughs> what would they like to play with? Because they look awesome. Uh, they weren't bad. Uh, to be honest, they they stayed in their in their uh, little holsters better than I would have expected because they felt cheap. Yeah, but you'd expect that you know you'd try to get them in there and they'd constantly just be falling out. They held in place, and um, sometimes it was hard to get them actually to come out even during the fight. You'd hit that uh, sensor and they still wouldn't fall out. It's like, come on, come on, I've hit your spot. It's like those putties from the second season of Power Rangers when they had the big Z on them. Yeah. Like, on, I've hit the big Z spot. Why is it not falling? I remember as a kid with that series of Power Rangers questioning Lord Zed's logic and putting a big self-destruct button on the chest of all the putties. Being like, oh, that's not, that's not the best plan you've got there, is it? Uh, sir, this, this might get us hurt. No, we have to have brandy. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of our thing, damn it. <laughs> so Bart chooses Skull Crusher, Henderson. Billy chooses Tenderfoot, Thunderfoot. Billy Gunn wins, and Bart Gunn vows to never lose a shoot fighting tournament ever again. <laughs> oh, Even if it isn't what the company face. wants. <laughs> poor Bart Gunn. He's the biggest victim of piss poor booking that I can think <laughs> of at this moment in time. But yeah. I still really want a set of karate fighters. Every time I see them, I'm just like, these are cool. And uh, I think we had plans to, to pick some up. I think we still have. And because I we like the idea of when we do the Survivor Series watch along, uh, having some karate fighters matches. But then, of course, you know, over, over the weekend, the, well, just for the weekend, plans were changed and we're, we're back to all this Zoom yeah. bullshine. Uh, so we, we don't know. We're hoping just, that after Christmas... Hold them up in front of the, the camera and turn the little knob. <laughs> they're they're pistol flying at the camera. Technically, one of you just taps the little button and they go fly. <laughs> you know what? Might end up being what we do. Like We're hoping by the time we get to Survivor Series, we might have some 
some normality back, but mm. God knows. <laughs> God knows. Uh, Harkushi is referred to as Bret Hart's, in, as we're back to the main event, Harkushi is referred to Bret, as Bret Hart's cultural attaché, which is a year before the birdcage, starring Robbie Williams and Nathan Lane made that term very popular. What a great film that was as well, The Birdcage. I, I bloody love The Birdcage. I haven't, Just I, haven't, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I can't imagine it's held up very well. I think it has. Yeah. I think it has. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it, because it, it's, it's a film about, um, about a, a homosexual couple trying to pretend that they are uh, a, 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 a heterosexual couple for the the son who's trying to, the, and it's the the minute the the politician guy who's very uh, offensive and racist is treated as such, and it's all about acceptance. And it's a bit grim in places, but I, I think it's a very sweet film with a lovely heart. I think Alex introduced it to me, my good lady, and it's it's in like my top five movies now. Wow, it's the Birdcage, I really like it. <laughs> It's a lovely film. I think others, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I may be on the uh, historical back foot there. But I don't know whether it's whether it's no longer a uh, any good. But yeah. Know. Uh, they cut to the Goldust fans from last week. They're still there. They're great. <laughs> so I like the fact that if anyone was paying attention, they'd be like, hang on. It's almost like they recorded a few episodes of Raw from the same place. <laughs> but yeah, they were, they were there starting we, a Burger King jump all week. We held these seats the entire week. It was really weird when this hockey game started playing in front of us. But yeah, <laughs> people at a hockey game just being like, "Why is the four lads dressed as gold dust here?" And they smell—they're horrible. They've been here for days by the looks of them. <laughs> the, st- the the makeup's got all flaky and cakey. It's horrible. They're scaring my children. <laughs> Get out. Uh, Hakushi eats a clothesline from Yankum uh, when going for a second Muta elbow. Hakushi's still a great wrestler. Yeah. Um, he comes back with a springboard drop kick to a big old ovation, but gets caught on a dive for the outside by Yankum. Then we see Hakushi getting the beating for ages. Uh, two pile drivers from Lawler. I don't know why we have the pile drivers so heavily used here. Um, he manages. killed the pile driver in 95, specifically with Lawler. Oh, mm. In the King of the Ring, he hits Brett with like two or three of them, and they they killed the pile driver uh, with they're Lawler. So, they're so keen to keep Lawler as like this this star. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. I don't get it. Um, Kushi catches Lawler with a shot to the throat off the top. He manages to get a hot tag to the Hitman. He runs wild, brother. He gets Yankum in the sharpshooter, but the ref doesn't see the tap out. We say we see Lola grab his throne, like they referenced at the beginning. But Barry Horowitz saves Bret Hart. Thank God for mid-card Barry. He grabs the steel chair, and the ref sees this. And the ref sees Bret Hart holding the steel chair and disqualifies Bret Hart and Hakushi. Because we've got to keep Jerry Lawler strong, apparently. Oh, hang on. What's it, what's he got written up there? Tim White, you fucking moron. <laughs> the end of this match, absolutely. Oh, God, I was furious. It was just terrible refereeing, obviously written to be a terrible ref. But, yeah, the manager was stopping Jerry Lawler from using a chair, so Tim White disqualified them. On what grounds? I'm not sure. It didn't actually come into play. If anything, he was trying to... Oh, God. But the joy of inconsistent rules. It's uh, 
That's very that, baffled. That pesky rule book, Mike, it went out the window once more. Absolutely livid for that. What do we make of the main, what do we make of the main event then, Mike? Um uh, and in a side, it was it was a decent match. Uh Hukushi can play a good uh face in peril. And of course, his in-room work is always great. Brett's always great. Um, and we know what uh both Yankam and Lawler are capable of. They put together a, a decent match, definitely hurt by the ending. Again, I think they they they're just ruining the pile driver with the way they're doing with that. And, but yeah, the whole the whole Barry Horowitz just being in the ring holding the chair was enough for the DQ. That's something they would have done like in the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. Where, well, it's uh, uh, a manager would step into the ring and the ref would immediately uh, disqualify his his guy without having done anything. Well, I felt this 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 match to me really felt it felt very house show. Um, and it also just it was basically a Hakushi highlight reel. I think he looked really good in it, but like you said, yeah, it was just all undone by that bad ending. What a shame. But next week, we're getting Helmsley and Godwin. We're getting Sid versus Ramon with the one, two, three killers ref. Plus, come to Mama Ahmed Johnson. The in ring debut of the world's most powerfully noisy man. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to see Ahmed do his thing next week. And that is Monday yeah, I Night Raw. Ahmed Johnson in a squash match against Iron Mike Sharp. Oh. <laughs> that's, that would take multiple washes. <laughs> Poor Mike. He had a problem. <laughs> so, what did we make of Raw, Mike? Reliving something from your past here. What did you make of Raw this week? Uh, I had a, a good time with it. The Marty Bulldog match was, of course, very good. Um, got to see some uh, announcements for matches for Survivor Series, which I'm I'm one of those who likes the Survivor Series concept. So I always love seeing the, uh, the different teams they put together. Uh, I would have enjoyed this particular one more if I'd known that, that uh, Undertaker's team were actually a, a close-knit group. Uh, that I think would have meant more if I'd known it then. Um, again, I, I enjoyed the the tag match in the main event. Um, generally, I had a I had a good time with this one. I mean, I wasn't like one of those like super spectacular episodes, but it was definitely not one of the really low ones either. I think upper middle uh, areas where I I put it personally. Nice, nice jacket. I'd say that's fair. Um, yeah, I just put. I've got in here another all right show, but the crowd was flat as fuck. Davey versus Marty was good. Uh, and yeah, it's built the storylines nicely going into Survivor Series and beyond going into In Your House 5, etc. So they are, they're, they're putting in the work and laying in the in the groundwork here. Uh, and yeah, like yourself, Mike, I, I love I love Survivor Series. Um, yeah, especially back then when there wasn't too much crossing over between different feuds and different divisions and different spots on the card. So yeah, when it was still What's your a- favorite color. <laughs> yeah. We're away from the color, the battle of which, what, what t-shirt do you like the best? Yeah. Oh, oh, who's going to win Raw or SmackDown fans? Well, WWE fans is like, we watch both. We don't care. <laughs> We're not really bothered, mate. So yeah, it was an all right match. Uh, all right match. All right. Episode of Raw. 
Uh, so that will be the final episode of the Classic Raw Review for 2021. We will be back in the new year as we get set to continue our journey uh, towards Survivor Series 1995. Uh, this uh, very, oh, I believe next week you will hear this uh, in absence of the Raw, the SmackDown and the Nitro reviews before the world got really fucking stupid. Um, we all got together to record a little Christmas special. Uh, which combines uh, the the joy, the laughter, the in-jokes and the bollocks of the classic Raw, SmackDown and Nitro reviews. It's something that we like to call a Canemus Carol. And you will hear that and watch that if you're on Patreon next week. I would like to take this moment. It's too late to get a party, Mike. We've done it. But we can give you the time. I want to thank Mike for being an amazing uh, third anchor this week. Uh, thank you very much for getting up silly early with us in America <laughs> and genuinely for supporting what we do. I'd like to give you the floor to, to plug your channel and anything else you've got going on. So go for it. All right. Well, um, you can find me on Twitter uh, under stale dog with two G's because I was a teenager in the 90s when everyone was dog with two G's. Uh, and as mentioned earlier, I have a YouTube channel, Mike's Geek World, which is a lot of it's uh, anime and comics and such. But uh, I am starting that series of uh, booking wrestling stories that didn't actually happen. Uh, there are so many to choose from. I mean, Warrior and Jake Roberts uh, feud that never happened and. There's a lot in there that you got Tito to cover. Tito Santana becoming WWF champion in 1992. Oh, I love the idea of Tito being a champion. So do I, but I'm not sure about 92. <laughs> yeah. Well, I look Tito. forward to He's seeing one of my all-time favorites, but I'm not sure if 92 was the right time to try to do that. But yeah, um, I got a bunch of stuff in the works on uh, my channel there, as well as a number of those uh, parody songs that I like to do. <laughs> He is a wildly talented man, is Mike Staley, and we are honoured to have him as part of the show for the last one of the year. Mike, thank you very much for being a part of the Classic Raw Review today. So it's been my, it's been our honour to have you with us, mate. It's been our honour. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, and also thank you to Jackins, because this rounds out your, 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 your end of year for the Classic Raw Review. It was, it was some mighty shoes to step into, but I think you've, you've just been a fucking deep joy. Well, <laughs> with me. I mean, I'd, I'd like to say to uh, to quote Taz, the mood changed. Um, <laughs> I, I've we, we've gone in a completely different direction, but as long as longtime fans are, are, are still happy with it, then I'd, I'd like to continue for as long as possible. I'm seeing nothing but love for Jackkins. So we will definitely be back in the brand spanking new year uh, and look out for our Christmas special, which is just a lot of bollocks uh, in, <laughs> in next week. But until we are together once again, he is at Stale Dog on Twitter. He is at Sad Atkins, Brat Atkins on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Coltolic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. If you took biscuits, please make sure you put 5p in the tin as you leave. And a Merry Christmas to you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 